Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Above and Beyond Real Estate Show. My name is Ralph Ciancio, and I have my good friend and realtor extraordinaire with us today. We have Hello. Colin Noble. We're back. We've got a lot of information to go through today. It's been a busy 24 hours in in, in media, I would say, throughout mm-hmm. Canada, throughout the GTA, Greater Toronto Area, and in specific surrounding real estate and you know the financial system. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, first topic, this just announced the Bank of Canada has raised interest rates by an additional breaking 50, news, breaking 50 news, 50 basis points up. Yeah. So no uh, surprise there, really. Yeah. What are yeah. your thoughts? Colin? Yeah, I think it was uh, sort of anticipated and the expectation was we were going to see an increase. Um, so I was actually suspecting a bit of a higher increase, yeah. to be honest, 75 basis points. So if you've been following the podcast, you can see that <laughs> Ralph and Colin have different opinions, which I think is awesome. We do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Generally, I'm more of like, uh, uh more, con- I want to say more, con- maybe you're more conservative by thinking. I think you're a bit higher, more optimistic. More optimistic. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm a bit of a pessimist sometimes. You've been, you've been right on more, some more of them, them, some of them. Yeah. Um, but I've been really hoping that interest rates would not be going up as aggressively mm-hmm. as they have been mm-hmm. and it's not because we work in the industry of of selling real estate the reality is we help both buyers and sellers so as prices come down you know 50% of the people we serve which are buyers they're really really happy that prices are coming down and you know sellers mm-hmm. are, are very upset about mm-hmm. that um, for sure and I think it's a lot of people put interest rates in real estate like hand in hand right but I think interest rates from a macro perspective interest rates have a huge follow fl- what do you whatever you call it like follow through effect yeah, on the exactly. the economy in general which is why interest rates are going up right yeah. inflation yeah. so how do they curb inflation and i don't know I, maybe I, let's say the easiest way is yeah. to increase interest rate there's well, other ways for, for sure, sure. And so i guess if we break it down you know um, when we talk about interest rates versus inflation so inflation really is defined as the average cost of goods correct purchased and core inflation is the average cost of goods that someone in toronto needs to buy for example gas residence food um, things like that uh, medicine Um, so when we see inflation on the rise means the average basket of what we're actually purchasing the cost of it is going up so how does rising interest rates actually affect or combat or push down mm-hmm. in, uh, inflation. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is, you know, one of the biggest checks that somebody writes every month would be for housing. Correct. Generally makes yeah. up about 30 or 40% of what you actually spend mm-hmm. is in housing. Mm-hmm. So as housing prices, or the cost of housing through higher interest rates goes up, that means their mortgage payments are a little higher. That means that people are less likely to buy Starbucks or less likely to buy new tires for their car or a vacation mm-hmm. because they've already spent the money on their real estate. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea is that they're actually going to spend less consumer goods. So, you know, we call it discretional spending mm-hmm. and less dinners out, uh, less new clothes. And that's really what's going to cause a slowdown in the economy, sure. which would yeah. decrease the rate in, of interest, uh, sorry, of inflation. Right, right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think... My my suspicion is we'll see maybe one more increase by the end of the year, and then we'll see n- into next year what happens. But th- I think it's important to understand that the interest rate increase doesn't have an immediate effect on the economy and inflation, right? Yeah. There's a lag. So... 
They say typically eight to 12 months. We'll see the results of the actions taking place today. Well, so, we're getting to it because now if you think about it, interest rates... For sure, sorry, six, six increase, right? This is the sixth increase. We started so, back in April. Correct, right? correct. And, and, I, uh, and so we're almost at the point where the effects of these interest rates going up back in April should start to be relevant in the data we're looking sure. at. So yep. we have seen three months in a row where the inflation numbers are trending downward. Mm -hmm. And that's a great sign. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, know I think I think the sorry to cut you off. I think the uh, the goal for the Bank of Canada is two percent inflation. Uh, so they their their goal is to hit that by the end of twenty twenty four, which is two years away. So over the course of the next sixteen to twenty four months, it's going to be really interesting to see how interest rates play out. Yeah. I think um, I, I think people are getting frustrated by the rise in, in interest rates. Um, I think there's some political pressure from people. Uh, you know, or for politicians or the decision makers, I should say, uh, in the Bank of Canada, uh, to not only use interest rate hikes as the method to combat exactly. inflation. Yeah. Personally, I think that there's, the, again, going into like kind of Ralph's beliefs, yeah. I think that the rise in interest rates is a tactic used to combat inflation. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think it has more to do with the, the uh, battle of currency. Right. So right. as interest rates go up, the value of your currency also goes up. Right. Right. And so that's, you know, macroeconomic breakdown. You don't have to worry about it. But ultimately, that's what's happened in, in the UK where their currency has fallen to all time lows mm -hmm. compared to the US dollar because the US has been rising or raising their interest rates where the UK had been keeping it flat and actually lowering it in some sense in their policy. Right. So the dollar, su the, right. the pound sucks. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's it's super interesting, and I think it's um it's important to realize to the consumer too, right? Like a lot of people are, oh my god, interest rates are up again. But what does that mean? Yeah. Let's break it down again to real estate, right? What does it mean to the general consumer who has a mortgage, a hundred thousand dollars? How's a fifty percent or fifty basis point. fifty basis points going to affect that? And ultimately, I think it's about an increase of t twenty to twenty three dollars. A yeah. month on a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So on a million dollar mortgage, it's going to cost you an extra, call it three hundred dollars a month, a uh, fifty basis point increase. For in sure. And rate. I think the idea of what the bank was, Bank of Canada was trying to do was, this is three hundred extra last month. The last rate announcement was one hundred dollars. Sorry, four hundred dollars. Yep. Uh, extra. So all these, you know, the sum of all these interest rate hikes may be squeezed a thousand dollars out of. You know, a million average, dollars. Yeah, yeah. the average homeowner. Right. You know, maybe they they're spending a thousand dollars more per month. Right. Um, Which can stretch people pretty thin, yeah, right? Absolutely. Especially people who bought yeah. uh, at the peak of the market in the last twelve months. Yeah. That were let's maximize our sort of debt sure. to to purchase our forever home. Now, what happens to those people? Right. Well, they're like a thousand dollars a month to a single income family, even a double is, income family. Right. For sure. For it's sure. Stretching it, it's thin. stretching people really thin. But so. the other dimension to that is. The government, in a very uh, purposeful way, is stretching the general public thin, stretching their budget. Agreed. But the economy, through high inflation, you know, 7% inflation, mm -hmm. is also stretching that same consumer, the same customer, average Canadian citizen. Mm -hmm. They're also being stretched. So, one, my mortgage payments went up a thousand bucks. But you know what? Nine months ago, my gas was a dollar nine. Midway through the summer, it was two bucks. Yeah. So like my cost of transportation yep. went up. You go to Longos or No Frills or you know yep. Loblaws and try to buy groceries. Compare your grocery yep. bill now compared yep. to a year. So ago. So there's the highest highest increase in 
consumable or like groceries since 1980. Like that, that's, that's a, that's a pretty overwhelming stat, right? I feel like people are getting punched in the left by the government's rise in interest Mm -hmm. rates or the Bank of Canada, and they're getting punched in the face on their right by just the overall economic. So they're just getting squashed. They're just getting squashed. (laughs) So that, that's, I know that they're, you know, one thing is trying to combat the other, but it is tough for Canadians out there Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I think the only, the, the, thread that we're holding on to is employment is so strong right so people do generate income mm-hmm. where the shoe will fall off in the canadian economy is if if the unemployment rate goes up right that's when the the right. house of cards will collapse yeah. Yeah. as unemployment starts to go up which i feel like they are trying to make unemployment go up which right. sucks like right someone's trying totally. to make me lose my job yeah. I'm like that sucks yeah and yeah. it's the person i voted yeah. for like the system yeah. I, I participate yeah. in you know, not cool. But you're seeing it all over the map right now. Like big tech companies right now are laying off like 60 to 80 percent of their workforce. For like sure. that's the that, those are big numbers and kind of worrisome in and, my opinion. And these tech companies, they live in the future. Everything about yeah. a tech company's DNA is yeah. future driven. Yeah. So for them to cut 60 percent of their jobs, yeah. that means they're saying, "Oh man, what's on the horizon?" Yeah, right. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. They may be seeing things that we won't feel for one year, two years, three years. Yeah. But yeah, you know, no, it's interesting, but I think something else that directly affects it is immigration level, like real estate market, for I should sure. say, for sure. um, is immigration levels. And I know Ontario is is forecasting, you know, over two million people over the next decade. Uh, what do you think? Like, how do how is that going to affect things? Well, you know, we we talk about uh, so just recently they announced. I have to read it because the name is so funny to me. Uh, what is the name? Of more the homes built faster act. Now, Ralph, what do you think that means? What do you think? I, I more think homes built faster act means. I think that that policy means they want to build more homes faster. <laughs> And whoever's in marketing for the <laughs> province of Ontario, I mean, they nailed that name. Uh, it's hilarious. Pretty self-explanatory. My, my I son think. in grade four would probably come up with like a really good yeah. like option that's better than that one. Um, but I guess in essence, what you know, the government's trying to pass or, or they're, they're proposing right now in this act is uh, they can allow multiple dwellings on one property, up to three homes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting, in my opinion. Like. Imagine in in 10 years, like a single family home in Toronto is now home to three families, two or three families. Yeah. I, I understand it from a structural context, but there's a lot of other things involved in a single family home being able to accommodate three families. So that means now, let's say 12 human beings living in that house. Sure. Can the water pressure... Of a uh, home built for one family accommodate yeah. six people having a shower at the same it time. It was it was designed the street, the roads, the everything, the fire departments, the ambulance, the schools. They were all designed for one house built in 1955. Yeah, and now we're gonna have instead of four people as it was designed for, mm-hmm. will be 12 people yeah. on that same property. Yeah massive chaos will ensue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great because we talked, you know, first part of the show, we talked about rise in interest rates, mm-hmm. which is really the government's way of trying to push down the demand for real estate. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like they're finally approaching it from the other side, which is an increase in the supply of real right. estate. Right. I just feel like they're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's a few other things they did mention in, in this act or the proposed act. Um, I mean, the overriding message is they're trying to build one and a half million new homes over the next decade. So two million dollar, sorry, two million immigrants over the next next decade. And they and they're predicting one and a half million homes, new homes, 
new supply to the market over the next decade. Um, big goals. I, I mean, I would love to see it happen. I don't know if it, if it, if it's really that realistic, but um, so one of them is yeah, changing changing the zoning bylaws as to the as of right, which I want to touch upon really quickly okay. as to what what as of right means and why it's actually very critical uh, critical three words. Um, so changing the zoning bylaws, but also streamlining some of the processes. Um, so we know the bureaucracy of getting permitting and zoning and special like easements yes. and and all that is like extremely challenging yeah, we talked absolutely. about it in our podcasts yeah. over this year I've, I've been trying um, to build a garage for yeah. nine months now. yeah it's literally nine months yeah and i miss a season I'm, i have to put the build off until next right. year because uh, you know the, the the policy the bureaucracy uh is just so slow and i believe it's partly intentional but mm. uh it's so, so I, I think they're trying to ease that so there's the number of approvals or the number or however the process works is more streamlined. So there's less approvals. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think the dangerous part about, you know, the more homes built faster act yeah. is that in a sense, what I'm, what I'm seeing here is that in, they're allowing the general public to respond to the high demand for real estate. And maybe they could rent out part of their home, mm -hmm. which if they were renting out, for example, a basement apartment, the kind of hoops to go through is pretty straightforward. But if you talk about building three properties, three residents on your one house, you're now dealing with, you know, uh, amateur home yeah. owner. Yeah. And they're going to try to navigate through a very complex yeah. system. Yeah. That's going to clog the approval process. Totally. When, when resubmission, resubmission, yeah. resubmission, resubmission. When right? Mattamy Homes yeah. or, uh, you know, Green Park Homes, you know, national builders, when they apply for permits, the person that is representing Green Park Homes yeah. knows very well the process, totally. the methods, what's required. Yeah. There's a very short learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. If Green Park Homes, instead of building 400 homes in a subdivision, you have 400 Ralph and Maria's just trying to get this passed. Yeah. It's going to be like, a, yeah. like uh, it's craziness. Yeah. It's just going to be anarchy. Yeah. I never really thought about that, actually. Yeah. Think, think a, about the lineup at the municipality to ask a question yeah. now, which you can't. Yeah. Think about that. Fast forward three years when everyone wants to know what's an easement, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. what's a gross floor area ratio. Yeah. These yeah. are these are fundamental things in development, but it's going to be a huge learning curve for the general public. Mm -hmm. So, But um, then, then how... how I could go on like this yeah. is this is a fun topic to talk yeah. about but it's like if if they're trying to make that easier less approvals or whatever do they have more people at the municipality approving these well, that's, th these things so th that where are those people are coming up. from because the same Mary behind the desk is probably at full capacity right now with the approvals that she's trying to do if she if we double that or triple that's exactly that it. How's Mary going to have, like, manage all of that? For so sure. there's going to need to be two Marys, three Marys, four Marys. Are those people qualified? Who are they? Like, anyway. It's, yeah. So um, that's it. And so it's a staffing it, issue. I think it's, it's, it's a snowball effect from not only just the homeowner trying to get approvals, but also who's approving them. Yeah. And then it comes down to the workforce yeah. and all the contractors sure. and, and everything. So, and, I mean. And, and, again, this is something that is kind of like an onion where there's so many layers. Yeah. You know, we touched upon, like, you know, water supply and sewage. Yeah. Very, very important yeah. stuff. I got a question that maybe, uh, you know, some of our viewers uh, yeah. wonders, where are the cars going to go? 
Like, yeah. is, does anybody out there yeah. that's that's listening or watching this right now? Does anybody have a car? Does anybody have an issue parking their car where they live? You know, parking. The answer is yes. Yeah. The The answer is yes. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. How many homes in Toronto have zero parking, and you can't even find street parking? And then when there's snow involved, it's just now you're going to turn it into a triplex. So either way, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. I don't think our goal in in this podcast is really or this real estate show is to. Find solutions. Solution. It's just talk about like what's happening, right? Bring awareness, yeah, right? Exactly. I think the solution is there and hopefully we can, you know, cultivate a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what I want to talk one more thing that I found very interesting is them or the government proposing to reduce some of the fees, uh, development costs involved with new home builds. Okay. Um, and I read in, in the news this morning that on average to build a new home, the, the fees and the costs involved to do so can be up to like two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. That's a lot of money. If you're thinking about a million dollar build, two hundred thousand of those dollars. So twenty percent of your cost is just fees and, and that development. Doesn't, that costs. doesn't even factor in the consultant or staffing you would need to to guide you through that process. That's administrative cost as a as a permit fee right. through the municipality. Right. Right. So you know, I I I don't think personally that the bottleneck is on the finance side of. Uh, the cost. I don't think people are not building because, a of, home the because cost. of the cost. Right. I think they're not building because of the duration, right. the lag, right. Which is ultimately cost too. Yeah. Right. Like, but you know, it's funny. The government, in a sense, and if, I know it's multiple elements of government, but on one hand, they're like, "Hey, we want to reduce the cost of a building permit." But we also are going to increase the interest rates so the demand of real estate goes down. So the people who are building these products and selling these products are not going to be profitable. Mm-hmm. Now you have a, a, you know, a business model that is not justified. Right. Right. An unsustainable uh, right. business model. Right. right? But I think the other question arises if they're trying to reduce fees and costs for all these all this new construction. I think a lot of that money goes into the community. And yeah. Like it, so are now people's taxes going to go up? And then there's going to be people are going to be complaining about that, right? So, mm-hmm. it's a it's a challenging circumstance. I would hate to be a politician right now, um, but yeah. it's it's ultimately we're just trying to find homes for people for sure. and make like more affordable housing. I, I think is the ultimate goal here, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think another another funny thing. I loved Ralph's. I don't know if you saw Ralph's IG yesterday, but he did a selfie video explaining. Um, with all the distraction in the news going on, yesterday was a huge, probably the biggest news sort of, what do you call it, topics yeah. of the summer, fall, whatever, of the year, municipal elections. The same day, the government came out and imposed an increase in foreign buyers tax, yeah. which kind of was slid under the carpet, almost like a distraction. Hey, let's see if we can get this out there without anyone knowing. Sure. I think it's a huge... I think it's a very important talk topic to talk about. Um, we, I know you're very in tune with this, and we've spoken about it on the podcast many, many times. But let's. Yeah. Pr- what happened yesterday? Yeah. So they they increased the foreign buyers tax, so a non-resident speculation tax of twenty five percent premium in Ontario. So it used to be twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Originally was zero. Yeah. <laughs> in two thousand seventeen, Kathleen Wynne came in at fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. And then earlier this year, back in April, they increased it to 20%. And then uh, October 23rd, they increased it to, or to October 24th, to 25%, the highest in the country. Right. So 
in Economics 101, when you impose a tax on a product, the competitor's goods can rise up to just below that tax. So as soon as the foreign buyer's tax hit in the GTA, they called it the, uh, the golden horseshoe, 15% tax for foreign buyers caused a collapse in the real estate prices in the GTA, mm-hmm. but also caused a, a flourish of prices in Ottawa, Kitchener-Waterloo, Montreal. These are all competitive spaces mm-hmm. for the Toronto real estate market. So yep. a buyer says, I can either pay in Toronto plus pay an efficient tax, mm-hmm. or I can just buy a beautiful place in Ottawa. Right. And Ottawa has five years of the best real estate market right. that they've ever seen in their, right. in their in history. Now it seems as if what we've done is given a nod or a push to British Columbia because if BC has a 20% foreign buyer's tax and we have 25 mm-hmm. in Ontario... Foreign, Maybe they're going to catch up. Foreign investors. Who knows? Right? I think like, they will. They'll probably will, right? Yeah, I think they will. They have an NDP government. I, I, I suspect that they would probably try to catch up. Yeah. But I think that governments are doing this because, A, foreign buyers are not voting for them. Mm-hmm. They have no vote. Right, correct. So you're demonizing the person who cannot hit you back. Right. right. But ultimately, foreign buyers are what we call net consumers. They drive the market. Right. I think it would have been more advantageous for the whole economy, for the real estate market, if they would have imposed something uh, and uh, encouraged them to either rent out their spaces mm-hmm. or uh, maybe charge a tax for, for places that are not uh, vacant. Homes. Are vacant. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone buys a home and rents it out to a local Canadian, is there a problem with that? Right. 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 I know we're taking away home ownership rights from locals. I get that. We all want to be homeowners. That's the Canadian dream. Mm-hmm. But, there's a consequence to uh, to this foreign buyer's tax, which means everyone's wealth will be lower. Right. Because if the value of real estate goes down... Do you think it's going to have a big impact on, on, on prices? I can tell you that in 2017, the whole economy... There wasn't a rise in interest rates. Yeah. The entire 2017 correction in the market... Based on this foreign buyer's tax. It was based well, on this foreign primarily. buyer's tax. Yeah. And now in April, we had an increase in the foreign buyer's tax to 20% province-wide. We also saw a rise in interest rates. Right. So it's kind of like Double again, whammy. left punch, right yeah. punch. Yeah. And then now they've increased it again. But I think what you're alluding to was, why was this brought up on the loudest day in, the in local media? Yeah. Every single yeah. local TV station yeah. was announcing who their mayor was. Yeah. Why was this brought up on that same yeah. day? Yeah. I think it was very intentional. And I think it's, I think it's a dirty way of... of Passing something that is mandatory mm-hmm. that affects everyone in the province should not have been done that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. There should have been a fair debate. That at least it could have been an explanation as to why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, for everyone that's uh, that's tuning in right now, put your comments below. Is a f- increase in the foreign buyers tax a good thing for your personal situation? Are you for this? And while we're at it, I want you to like, comment, and. Uh, subscribe smash that subscribe button yeah let's do it it. subscribe we we need more subs because we want to reach out to you and develop this show so that it's a resource for you really our our mandate here is quite simple it's just we want to inform the consumer we Mm -hmm. want a very informed marketplace we think that it becomes more efficient people make better decisions when they have information and perspective and that's what we're bringing we're bringing perspective to the news hopefully helping you it's we have these conversations daily yeah but we're like, why Why don't we just set up a couple cameras yeah. and let other people hear what we're talking about, right? Yeah. So I think it's, I, I mean, yeah. I like it. Yeah, we have um, a lot of fun doing yeah. it. If you think about it, any one thing we talked about might have been a eight or ten word headline 
in Twitter or on, yep. uh, on the news. Yeah. And what we're doing is unpacking it, giving perspective, a left, right, yeah, left yeah. side, right side yeah. perspective, yeah. right? But uh, yeah. anyway, it's uh, end of October, yeah. which means spooky, spooky Halloween. Yes. Halloween's Halloween around the corner. Around the corner. Exciting. Um, so try not to eat too much candy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they always say don't take candy from strangers. And don't take real estate advice from your cousin who bought a house once. Yeah, that's very true. Right? That's, that's, so I, both are, I like are that gonna, one. Both yeah. are going to give you a tummy ache. I think I think the latter will give you a lot more than a tummy ache. But, um, Sounds expensive. But, but Sounds we'll expensive. See. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, as we wrap up the show, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Again, on behalf of Colin and myself, everyone else here at Ralph Ciancio Homes and at Remax, we want to, uh, to wish you an amazing week ahead. And hopefully we'll catch you on the next episode. And Thanks happy so Halloween. Happy Halloween. Boy.